Welcome to the Chaos Plan, where the odds may not always be in your favor. Welcome to the Chaos Plan. We are finally starting our group games. These next few episodes are going to be setting up for the actual game itself. These all take place in Port City with small groups and one-on-one individual things that will all culminate up to the group game. We're releasing these on the Homebrew Review as well as Patreon because this is the first episode. We really want to get you hooked and show you exactly what we have planned for this. There's a ton of meta-knowledge and pop culture references and everything else because I love the idea of a world where anything can happen, even very meta things. You will recognize a lot of the enemies and a lot of the themes here, and that's on purpose. We really hope you enjoy what we have planned here, and if it interests you, we hope you will join our Patreon so you can take part in these games as well. Now that we're starting group games, they will be fairly consistent as far as release schedule and recording. And as soon as we get to our $60 a month goal on Patreon, we will be starting up a whole new channel simply for the Chaos Plan. It will become then free on iTunes for anybody that wants to listen to it because we don't want to keep this just to ourselves. This game is a lot of fun, and since our wonderful Patreon members are the ones that are taking part, we want to share that game with all of you listeners out there and hopefully convince you to join the guild as well. D&D is more fun with friends, and we would love to make more as we play these games together. If you have any questions at all, please check out our website, theadventuringguild.com, and on the top menu bar, you can find the Chaos Plan, all of our player information, including introductions of who has already appeared on the show, as well as maps, downloads, house rules, the calendar, and adventure log are all on that website. We, of course, are using Obsidian Portal as well, and we will slowly be integrating the two sites together to create a easy-to-navigate page for all of you to see. Once again, thank you guys very, very much for listening to this. We are so happy that we are finally at the point where we can bring this to you as a guild. And thank you, guild members, for taking part. You are all busting your butts to help get this show off the ground, and I am eternally grateful to all of you. So I believe that's enough talking, and let's continue with the show. This first little segment here takes place between Klein and Stern, which is played by Micah, and Barnaby Hardcastle III, played by Mike, a.k.a. Stygius. Both be in Port City, if I remember correctly. You uh, both made your way to Port City from uh, various different ventures. What all would you guys have done? Basically, you would have a week or two, kind of a indeterminate amount of time uh, that you want to to start all of this. You guys would have been in the city basically uh the last day before uh the everything kicks off is the mid-season uh celebrations for the sewing festivals and all that kind of stuff all the planting and all that kind of stuff so that would have been kind of like the last day before you guys take off in the adventure so you guys would have been before this uh however many weeks you guys want to do what all would you guys have done leading up to that now is this the port city where the museum that i work for is located 
Yes, probably. Because um, okay. you were... Shard Academy would have been um, on the island of Thalos. So this would be the biggest... This is like the cap... This is the Washington, D.C. or the New York City of the United States. The giant... Or, you know, it's it's the huge metropolis. Kind of the capital. Um, well, considering the nature in which I left the float isles i.e. under cover of darkness as I stole away on a sh- on a ship. I think even though my wisdom is a minus one, I would have done the smart thing and you know, as soon as I got to town gone through the Mages Guild and from there I think honestly I would know that I'm going to have to find a job. Okay. Um, I probably actually would have inquired about full employment at the, the Mages Guild just because it would have been the only thing that was even remotely it would have been about the only place I would have felt even remotely safe. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, you actually did find um, that one professory looking dude and uh, learned your magic and all that in that hyperbolic time chamber. Um, yeah. So they would have set you up with work with the guild. Uh, what kind of magely activities would you find yourself drawn to? Like uh, library-type bookwork, or more the seek-out uh, and find mysterious and random objects, or appraisal, or writing spells, or anything like that. What what would you find most your character? Actually, I, I was... I'm actually gonna have to go back and look at what all of the guild paths were, because that was something that I was considering the other day and had never actually completely set myself on. Um... What's the name of the port city, or is it just called the port city? It's called Port City. Yep, it's very unimaginative, but uh, very descriptive. Okay, and you said the Shard Museum? Uh, The Shard Academy is the um, kind of the barracks slash training facility slash last bastion of defense uh, between the, the people that live on the surface and the underground where you explored. So Shard Academy, you would have came out of and then returned to Port City. And if I remember correctly from your intro, you handed off that weird thing that you found yeah, to the mages. Thing that I found. Yeah, you, I, I, I brought it in, and it, I remember. The, I don't remember where I took it. Yeah, you took uh, it to the mages guild, ago. and they totally yeah, ignored and, your dagger and were all about that stone. They freaked out about that stone, <laughs> and that's where I actually thought, knowing kind of what I knew about. Uh, Micah's character, I thought that perhaps like somehow that was related to him. And I texted Micah right afterwards. I'm like, I think I just found you. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, but it seems weird, because the mages were freaking out over this thing. I think... Sorry, I was interrupting. Um, as much as like, I feel like you wouldn't want to be a bookworm... I think going with the researcher path, just because of his interest in just learning more about his magic and how it works and why it works, would be more his. I mean, because it's 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 it, it really is. It's like you know, between going the librarian or or, or adept, either one really works for him. Well, and the researcher thing doesn't have to be necessarily booky type research. Like research could be. You know, you could totally be Hagrid and just have all sorts of crazy-ass wild beasts or or any number of things. It just means you pick some topic of study in the intelligence field and just go with it. Um, 
Which eventually becoming an archmage sounds amazing, though. Yeah, and you can technically get that once you hit level 20 um, as a prestige class, but uh, you just wouldn't have the additional perk of is uh, it's just the title within the tower as opposed to not gaining access to the prestige class. You can still do the prestige regardless. I think... Uh, you know, I'll let Mike go a little bit longer while I consider this. Okay. Okay. So what you got for me, Bob? It's It's been a while. I, I need to do some of this stuff that we've got available here. Yeah, basically, um, Port City is the biggest metropolis on the entire elemental island, continent, archipelago, whatever you want to call this cluster of islands. Um, so it, there's literally everything here that you can find. Uh you would have come from the Shard Academy having found what you did and uh, uh, returned there. Uh, your museum very, very likely would be within Port City itself. Um, but you first returned to the Mages Guild, handed over the dagger and the uh, the glowing stone. I believe it was a rainbow-colored stone, if I remember right. They freaked out about it. Uh, you would have been given coin for it, and that was basically where we left off. So anything that... Uh, I don't I think... actually have zero coin written down on this sheet. Okay, then you would have 30 coin added to your inventory. Oh. 30 gold. I typically, especially with the homebrew stuff, since we really don't have a lot of, like, uh, downtime and tavern time and whatnot, I almost never, like, whatever they talk about, whenever you say, oh, we get a thousand gold here and whatever, I typically just, like, throw that up for party. I rarely ever buy anything. Like, I could easily buy some potions or whatnot, but... It, yeah. It's never really a, you know, like a sizable amount to like buy a, an item, like a real magic item. And so typically, I just go without, just play it as it is. Exactly. And with this one, since you're going to be involved with so many different parties and everything else, uh, it's going to be a, it, you're actually going to be short of money more often than you're not. And are you uh, a part I'm of a guild? I don't remember. Some relics to, to offset my uh, poor economic situation. <laughs> yeah. Do you uh, have a guild affiliation? I don't remember. Uh, do you have a list of them, like, at the, at the ready? Yeah, yeah. Uh, guild, Mages Guild, Merchant's Guild, Shadow Guild, Temple Guild, and Tinker's Guild. Uh, can you say those first two again? Fighters, Mages, and then the rest. Uh, is the Temple Guild more like the religious aspect of it? Correct. Yeah, the Fighters Guild has three paths, basically. You can either do the uh, Knight or the Death Knight as its counter. Uh, you can do uh, a kind of a boxer, gladiator, planar champion, or you can do a smithy two type route. The Mages Guild has a pin and a scribe, or uh, excuse me, an arcane pin and a sage. So basically you can write in the all book, which records everything that has ever taken place, or you can read that book as a sage and learn forbidden knowledge, or you can become an archmage. Uh, with very rounded skills or a very specific skill set, like a headmaster to the school, or you can do the evil side of it and kind of become a reaper of magic. Um, you can do the merchant's guild, which has, you can become like a king or a ruler, or you can become a rare objects merchant, um, collecting all sorts of strange and rare objects. Uh, there's also a crack. Like that. Which, that was the merchant's guild? Yes, merchant's guild. I'm, I'm writing down the ones that I, I kind of like. Yep, and then there's a craftsman one within the Merchant's Guild, but that one's more uh, generalized crafting as opposed to weapons like what the Fighter's Guild has. And then there's one where you become kind of the puppet master, the power behind the king in the shadows. Um, and then the Shadows Guild, 
is a darker guild. There is a cartel leader. So basically you run a gang or whatever um, within the city. There is a shadow broker, which is an information dealer, obviously Mass Effect stolen. Um, there is a shot caller. So you can not quite a cartel leader, but you are that that boogeyman that everybody worries about. Uh, or you can be an open dictator. Uh, there's a brotherhood member, which is an assassin. Uh, and then a demi-devil, basically where you've fused with a demon of some variety. Uh, the temple goes the route of you can either, as the end choices, uh, basically you are chosen, uh, you become a chosen vessel, regardless of what path you take, of a, de- of a deity. And then you can either become a solar, a deity itself, or kind of the Grim Reaper. Um, but no, they... No yeah, but they break down a little bit more into a rock where you are a a shield bearer, you know, very protector-esque, or a gatekeeper where you travel the planes of the different deities. Uh, you became the word, which is kind of the healing or uh, the uh, uh, smiting type priest, or the breath, which is more of the healer type priest, or silence, which is that reaper path. Um, and then the Tinker's Guild is a little bit different and really unique in the fact that it really changes your class as a whole, whereas those others are more roleplay. So the Tinker, uh, you either become a Scorched Earther, which is kind of a sniper rifleman type path. You become a City Leveler, which basically gives you a power gauntlet, uh, like Hellboy type Giant Fist. Uh, or you can go the route of the Bio, bio Tinker and either become like an Alchemist uh, Elixir Creator. Or you can do an outsider, which is kind of like you take enhancers and eventually your shape uh, shifts and you can change forms. Or you can become a crafter also, but this one deals with um, creating a artificial life, basically. You basically create um, first just a robotic servant and then eventually a warforged and then eventually you create artificial life. Okay. Uh, The two that I responded to the most was... The, the Mage Guild, where you can either write in or read the book. Um, because we're, mm-hmm. with him being a historian, I feel like he would be ultra interested in either knowing everything that's ever happened, or... But with him also being an adventurer and like always wanted to go out like part of it, I feel like he would be more inclined to be able to scribe in the book. Like, he's gonna go out there and find stuff that's not the book and he's gonna put it in. Yeah. So I think honestly, that's what I might be into the most. Okay, then let's. I just say that that's kind of where I'm at. Um, not so much rewriting history, but having the option. You know, if if he would know kind of the the the, the, the potential paths that could be taken within the guild as he's making these decisions, he would be very much drawn towards the sage. You know, having the option to actually potentially read the all book and maybe learn more about what he actually is and where you know how he works is hugely appealing to him. Yeah, and as you go through all of this, you actually the progression that you would take is you would start at an apprentice. So right now you would be an apprentice and have access to the Mage Guild and all of its services for spellcasting and whatnot. Once you hit level five and do all the prerequisite. Um, rank ups within the guild uh, you hit rank 5 and you would go down the librarian path so you would choose an yep. intelligence based skill um, do you have the PDF in front of you? I do okay. where are those at actually? Yep. Uh, uh, so, 
I would say in the the, the uh, Chaos Plan players uh, group chat towards the beginning, there is a link to it's it's actually on the Adventure Guild website. Yep, all of our information that we need, all the home rules and everything like that, is on the Adventuring Guild website, along with maps and all that now. Um, anyway, going back, Bob, I think, you know, knowing that he's probably going to want to eventually work towards having a chance to, to, to read Yon Book of Secrets, even as an apprentice, he will do what he can to kind of lean towards that. Okay. You know, librarian researcher route, especially once you get to the keeper of forbidden knowledge. Yeah. That's the, that's going to be some stuff that he's like, you know, he wants to know as my intelligence isn't great, but he's very curious, very inquisitive, and very much just you know this this world is new to him, and he feels like his best bet for for survival is knowing everything he can about it, especially because he's already got a little bit of a head start having skipped through a couple of uh, players' handbooks and DM guides. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I I, that, I think that would be a good path for him as well, because that would make sense with how much quote-unquote meta-knowledge your character would have. It would really be kind of drawing. So then, for what you would be sent to do is... Um, <coughs> so you would be sent to basically help organize and arrange and bring in new uh, acquisitions into the library. So that would basically be what you would spend your time doing uh, during the day hours. And then, of course, since you're a Mages Guild member, you can live within the tower itself, and so you can take books with you and whatnot and do kind of whatever you want in the evenings. Uh, since you are getting lodging and all that kind of stuff from the guild, you don't get paid a ton, but you do get paid um, one gold piece per day for everything that you're doing, and all of your living expenses are taken care of, so you don't have to take that out of your lifestyle expenses. I never got to write down that I got that 30 gold from yonder stuff that I may actually need. Yeah. But yeah, so, like I said, mo- most of my, you know, until I really start to get a feel, not only of the, 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 my time in a hyperbolic time chamber help, yeah. but at the same time, you know, wielding my magic is is a, a new prospect for me, and so... Until I get a lot more, until I get more comfortable with it, and really feel like I can take care of myself, I'm probably not going to venture out a whole lot if it's not necessary. Yeah, you know, like if they send me out to do something, I'll do it, but I'll I will very rarely leave the guild of my own accord. Okay. Um, unless I can actually real think of something useful that I would need to spend that thirty gold on. I'm looking at the Merchant's Guild, and the the rare item collector and the traveling merchant is kind of interesting, but I don't think he wants to be held down to, to a job like where he has to like stay by his cart and sell stuff. As much as that kind of would be interesting, where he can find all these things, but he's not going to want to sell them. He's going to want to like bring them back for documentation more than anything. Well, and that because, could... because we all know the quote: "It belongs in a museum." Yeah. Well, and that could be the thing. You Rather than having a merchant that you are tied to, you could be tied to the museum itself, and you go out and acquire things for the museum. So, and, like, the things that you would be selling would be, you know, you've uncovered, you know, 75,000 Draugar ruins, and so you've got, you know, close to 1,000 uh, uh, Draugar daggers. You know, you could be selling that kind of stuff. Or... or uh, yeah, and acquire for the museum as opposed to a merchant. I wrote it kind of as much freeform as I could for 
uh, that kind of stuff. Because technically, Braden's character already has a mount and a cart. Um, he straps all of his goods to his steeder. So he's technically already a traveling merchant, but we're kind of working around that. <laughs> Honestly, well, like I said, I was kind of like worried about doubling up on things, but I don't. I don't think doubling up on this would be a problem for us. I think. I mean, I don't think it would hold us back, would it? I, I really don't, especially because even though we're going down the same path, we have very different goals. Yeah. Well, and especially like when we hit that level twenty point, where it looks like we're going to split. Oh, yep. So where you would go towards Lord Keeper and Sage, and I would go towards Author and Arcane Head. So, and, and, then again, gonna... and again, we're going about it in two very different methods also, which I think is really kind of neat. Like, <clears throat> like I said, eventually, I will, once I've kind of reached the point where I feel like I'm running out of things to learn within the guild itself, and like I said, once I'm more comfortable with, you know, in my own skin, if you will, I would be, you know, he would be more than ready to you know, go out and about and actually, you know, research things in the field, if you will. Okay. Yeah, then you would... I mean, the libraries are literally almost endless. Uh, there's always new information to learn. But once you do feel comfortable enough, uh, yeah, you're more than welcome to wander around the city, kind of whatever you want. You already know that the portal um, network itself is connected to the Mages Guild here in uh, kind of an offshoot of the Mages Guild. Um here in Port City, so you wouldn't necessarily have to ever leave the tower if you didn't want to. But uh, you could explore kind of wherever you want to go. There are a limitless amount of things to see. Yeah, and actually the, uh, the, the, the the portal network also interests me because I feel like I probably caught some glimpses of some uh, um, familiar landscapes when I was back in the uh, at the, 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 the portal nexus in the float isles. So I'm like, you know, he's he has definitely resigned himself to living out his life here. But at the same time, you know, the option to you know even just you know see his home again is appealing to 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 the extent that you know even if you didn't really like where you grew up, sometimes you kind of want to just every now and then check in on it. Yeah, no, you would every you know you. <laughs> You could spend all the time you wanted down there, and you would see people and and creatures from every plane of existence that you can imagine coming through there, and catch glimpses of of landscapes, both fantastic and horrifying at the same time. <laughs> uh, yeah, because because honestly, I mean, you know, I don't need any equipment because liberty floppy floop, if you will, to quote another uh, yeah, quote a warlock that I once knew. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, the only other thing, uh, if you wanted to, is you could shop around for stuff, but um, the Mages Guild does have a whole plethora of different potions and uh, uh, spellbooks and scrolls and stuff available, but um, yeah, and there would be merchants traveling through the portal network uh, frequently, so you could do shopping and that without ever leaving the tower if you didn't want to, but that would be basically it without leaving the tower. Um... I guess, you know, me hanging out in the tower as much as I, I, I do would actually give me a pretty good excuse to eventually meet Mike's character. Yeah. Oh, no. Bob, I think I, I think, I, I think uh, we talked about the, you know, uh, I don't know if this would be something that I would have to go to the Tinker's Guild for, in which case that might cause a bit of strife, <laughs> or if that's something that the Major's Guild can do. But um, 
you know, fit, fitting my, my uh, Nebula core into a gauntlet that I can have readily available so I don't actually have to just carry the stone in my hand, but I can actually you know, still have it in physical contact with me while still having hands free to do things. Um, yeah, either the... Of- yeah, either the probably the merchant's guild would be your best bet um, for finding somebody to do that as opposed to tinkers, because they are a lot. A lot of the merchant's guild stuff would be um, with their crafting would be items as opposed to equipment. So they would do the circulates, the the pendants, the necklaces, the the decorative gauntlets as opposed to you know power fist gauntlets kind of a thing. All right, so th- that would be one thing that I would want to venture out for is to you know find someone who can uh, fix me up with uh, I'll just you know, try to you know, I don't want to give out too much information about what it is and what it does but I'll just explain that you know, I need a something that will keep it in physical contact with me without me actually having to carry it around I'd like it on my hand if at all possible as I you know, I will say that I kind of use it as a, a focus for spell casting when I need to so I'd like to have it available for that without, you know, having to all Sailor Moon and, you know, chew. Yeah, uh, and using the um, <laughs> Sailor I will actually Moon. use that, I will actually <laughs> say, without having to pretend like I'm Sailor Moon, just because it would be the thing for me to say. Yeah, that would make sense. They would uh, not necessarily understand who you're talking about, but, but if you did the whole Pretty Guardian pose, um, they would... would yeah, they would. They would kind of. Yeah, they would kind of shake their head and uh, just nod. And you could um, very easily get a gauntlet made if you wanted to. Uh, the price here, and I'm using the exotic weapons uh, folder or the exotic weapons document for this. It's six gold pieces, um, and it would deal one d four bludgeoning damage uh, because it's actually considered a weapon. It would be you would be immune to disarm, and the weapon counts as light. All right, I can easily afford that, so I will uh, uh, happily pay the commission. Okay, yeah. Then uh, after a couple of days, uh, they would take all your hand measurements and whatnot. Then after a couple of days, uh, you'd be able to come back and uh, get that. So we'll say that you were at least a week ahead of the departure uh, to the uh, the portal when we do the actual mission. You were at least a week ahead of that, so you could get used to the new gauntlet and all that kind of stuff. All right. All right, anything you'd like to do, Mike? Uh, well, I printed off the made this guild uh, sheets, so I've got them for me. I'm really positive about that, especially when, uh, as far as the first rank of library and the second rank researcher um, <clears throat> gaining these bonuses for the intel checks. And since I'm an intelligence-based character, that's really going to help because I have... I mean, granted, I've got a plus four with the six with my proficiency bonus. Yeah. But still, I mean, guaranteeing the roll of a 15 on specific checks. So, I mean, most likely, you know, due to, uh, based on role-playing, we'll probably go with history being the first one. Um, I feel like investigation might be the second one. Yep. Just because that's, you know, if he doesn't know what went on here, he's gonna find out. Yeah. So, yeah. Definitely. And... And then would you want then to have already been kind of an old hat here? You know, you're you're an old hand here. You're well-known within the guild. Maybe not necessarily a super spellcaster, but definitely known to browse the archives and artifacts section then? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, especially considering this museum is here, that means that my parents have been here. This would really have been probably the place where I either grew up or spent a good portion of my 
adolescent to adult life. So I probably probably have quite a bit of experience in the port city, know my way around, have, have a number of contacts that I, although on the flip side of that, given the fact that I was also, it, for, I don't know, are we recording this for people to listen to or are you just? I'm recording it, but I'm going to edit the hell out of it. So for anybody who had listened to Barnaby Hardcastle's intro, uh, he had, had previously been part of an expedition that cost the life of a number of students that he was teaching as a professor. And so not only does he know a lot of people, he probably has a lot of people that view him as like, my nephew's dead because of you, or my best friend died in that, that cave-in, and so on and so forth. So, um, I mean, it goes both ways. He's probably got a lot of contacts, but at the same time, he's, there's probably going to be some difficulty for him all across town. Um, but as far as a scholar, he's... I imagine he's very well respected, at least for what he has contributed. Yeah, as so, a, yeah, definitely making his way into the Mage Guild and uh, bringing in what he can between them and the museum. Yeah, no, for sure. And you would probably also have some ties to the Merchants and the Tinkers Guild a little bit, um, possibly even some with the Fighters. As you bring in different items and artifacts for inspection and um, you know uh, uh, appraisal and all that kind of stuff, so you would probably know enough contacts in here and be respected enough that most of the people that that are always around would kind of know you and nod to you. Uh, So then what... So then your main job, quote-unquote, would be just kind of the uh, acquisition and um, would you do any kind of appraisal of antiques and that kind of stuff, or would it be mostly just the the run work, leg work? (laughs) We don't have appraisal as a skill, do we? No, that would be under um, Arcana or Investigation, depending on if okay. it's magic or not. Uh, those are my two of, two of my highest ranked skills, so um, yeah, definitely. I mean, he could probably uh, be talked into going out and doing some appraisal or doing some research on items for people if they come across something. Yeah, and then would you um, live with Especially in that time period after, after the cave-in when he lost his job from oh. the uh, from the academy he probably would have needed to take any work that he could in the meantime. Uh, so that might have been very well what kept him going was he could kind of freelance and, oh, I'll work for, for Peanuts over here. Yeah, I'll, I'll identify that for you. <laughs> yeah. You gotta, do you validate parking? That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely. He's probably, I mean, because I kind of feel like during this time, uh, he's kind of just getting back on the horse after having uh, kind of re- not recovered fully, but at least gotten over a little bit about the crash and has finally started getting back on his feet, getting actual jobs where he can go out and explore again because it's not cheap. It requires some backing. Yeah. <clears throat> would um, you be living in the tower then itself or would you have another home? The tower would mostly be home to students and professors more than anything else, um, but there are a number of powerful mages that uh, just kind of keep an apartment there, for lack of a better term. It's, like at the Mages Guild? Yes. Um, yeah, that sounds great. Okay, then... Because yeah, other, then, than, other than that, he might have to go live with his parents. And <laughs> yeah, no, while you're living, or while you're a member of the Mages Guild, uh, you do get free room and board there, um, but any work that you do for them, which would be your primary source of income, is slightly reduced in rate so you would only be making, depending on like if you're appraising and all that kind of stuff, since there's not a whole lot of danger there, uh, you would only be making about a gold piece a day. Whereas if you uh, lived outside of the Mages Guild and worked for them, you would get paid a little bit more, but then you would have to pay those lifestyle expenses. 
Okay. But when you're getting free room and board, that's very much offset, so... Yes, it is. Not a problem. All right, so then uh, you would have been handed all sorts of strange and unique uh, artifacts and items to kind of help out with uh, the appraisal of some of the less explosive style artifacts and more of the really, really old, unsure which mage did this kind of uh, uh, items. So you would have been able to identify a lot of those or at least know where to point the person to find out more information to identify what the item was. So that would have (coughs) earned you... How many days would you spend doing that? Um, Because you would have supposedly been here kind of for years or whatever, but um, we're going to go with like a two-week period um, before this is kind of your build-up period for um, wealth and uh, doing things to prep for all of this. So in the last two weeks, let's say, uh, how many of those days would you have dedicated to doing that kind of work? Uh, Well, my intro was me doing a dig with some people. So, I mean, I guess I, I might be bouncing back and forth between one and the other. Like I said, just finally getting back on my... Yeah. So, I, I'd say, I mean, if you consider a five-day work week, uh, a couple of days here, a couple of days there, so probably half of my work time would be spent doing specific work for the guild. Okay. And uh, in the and, world... And the rest, uh, kind of freelancing for other corporations and or the museum that might hire me back for a, a, a bit at a time. Yeah, no, for People sure. in the museum. Yeah. Let's see here. Let me find the right day. So then uh, we're going to go ahead and say that um, since it's technically the 17th day of planting is when you guys are going to be leaving, according to the calendar. Um, we're going to go ahead and say that it was the um, first day of planting. We're just going to start that you return. So on the first day of the month of planting, um, you would have returned. And the week is a 10-day. So um, oh, it's 10 days. Yep. So yeah. So more like a, like a seven-day work week. Yeah, basically. It, With a three-day weekend. Uh, yeah, pretty much. The uh, How the days go is there's the day of beginning, the day of learning, the day of working, the day of reaping, the day of prosperity, the day of feasting, the day of battles, the day of resting, the day of memorial, the day of prayer. And so the day of uh, the three last three days of the week would be essentially the weekend. So you would have um, basically a seven-day work week is about how it would work out. So we say like like three days for the museum and four days for the the guild. Just kind of splitting my time a little bit here, making sure that each each one gets a little bit from me, but uh, just contributing wherever I can. Yeah. So then let's go ahead and say that um, since you have a little bit left over onto that next week, uh, let's go ahead and say that you worked uh, six days then for the uh, guild, which would give you. Um, uh, six gold pieces, and then for the museum, go ahead and roll me three different uh, checks, either Arcana or um, what did I say the other one was? Or Investigation? Investigation. Alright, let's see here. Arcana, we'll do one of each. You said three checks? Three. <clears throat> we'll do two Investigation checks and one Arcana. Okay. So that is, oh, that's a 19 for 25. Okay. Uh, but then offset with a four for 10. Okay. And those were both investigation? Yes. Okay. And then for the last one? Arcana, 15 plus 6 for 21. Okay. Uh, The two above 20, you're going to get paid full rate. So you got two gold coins. 10 was uh, for each day. So that would be four gold coins. And then for the one that you got 10, you didn't get paid. 10 wouldn't have not have quite passed. So uh, you got four additional gold coins for that. 
All right, with your three days off and then the two days of the festival, the seed sowing festivals, um, what would you have done during those off days? Anything in particular that you would want to buy or acquire or anything? You know, I really need to, need to take a look and see. I think I've got most of what I need. I've got my, my backpack, my adventurer's backpack. I have my textbooks. I've got my trusty whip and my lucky hat. Uh, I mean, aside from my camping equipment for going inside or out onto an adventure... But really, just honestly, just mundane stuff. And at this point, I only have 34 gold, so uh, that would really be the only thing that I would be. That's something that I should have probably had set up from the very beginning, anyway. But uh, what's it? Most of the, the random tools, yeah, and, uh, kits. Like, I mean, between my, uh, I do have artisan's tools, uh, got my crowbar, hammer, climbing gear, uh, dusting kit, all the all the little accoutrement that goes along with. Uh, with uh, doing an archaeological dig. Okay, so, so then... I don't really have any shopping to do so much. Okay, then. Um, then we can go ahead and say that um, over the course of your running back and forth and bringing in all sorts of strange and unique items, um, you would have run into Klein at some point, um, Barnaby, and Barnaby, you probably would have... Um, uh, or And Klein, you probably would have found Barnaby's weird items that he brought in, very intriguing, and gone down to take a closer look and whatnot. Um, you probably would not have seen that rainbow stone, because that would be too big of a spoiler right off the bat, but uh, you would have definitely seen some of that kind of stuff. So, over the course of several encounters, you guys probably would have gotten to be on, if not talking terms, would have been, you know, at least acquainted with one another at some point. So we can go ahead and say that you guys would have already had that little bit of a binding together as far as uh, your characters for when we get started, um, because I'm going to be trying to throw everybody together a little bit and make it work. So we can say that that's how you guys know each other is through the um, through the major. We know a lot of the same people and run in the same circle in a lot of cases. Exactly. So we're we're uh, <clears throat> colleagues of a sort. Exactly. And go ahead, guys, and roll me a d20. Each of you roll me a d20. Uh, twice. Roll it twice for those uh, sewing festival days to see if anything crazy happens. Uh, 13 and a 19. Okay. Uh, 2 and 20. Oh, okay. Wow. This will be fun. All right. Let me get down to this right chart then. Yeah, so Bob, instead of me like going out and actually like, looking for anything, I guess with this festival, I would just take part and probably just mosey around a bit. Get, you know, meet some new people and experience some new things. Yeah. All right. Then, um, so while you guys were out during the seed sowing festival, there were, there was kind of a, uh, I hate to reference anime, but basically one of those where there are narrow city streets and there's all sorts of different stalls and all of this, and then kind of a central square that has the actual festival going on. And as you pass. <laughs> What's that? Is this, is, this a, is this a cultural festival? Kind of. That's that's the vibe that's going on here. Um, and so you guys are able to see all sorts of strange and unique foods and items. And Micah, with your two, uh, while you were walking down, you saw a, a stand that all of a sudden just appeared out of nowhere. Like, it, uh, it's almost as if space shoved the two stalls that were almost touching apart wide enough for a stall to open up. And this stall has a sleek metal kind of rounded um, uh, 
work table, almost, where all of these strange little pocket dimensions are opened up, and when you look at it, you can see items within each of these little holes as you look. Um, I'll say, that was a very Grimald Place type of entrance. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the traveler, um, or the merchant, looks too human. It, it's, it's, the proportions are too symmetrical, and, and the, the contrast in the skin tone and, and eye color and hair color and everything is just too sharp. It, it's too, trying too hard to look human. Um, would you approach the stand at all? What's that? I would, just on principle. I'm just like, you know, looking at what he would probably view as a very well-rendered CGI animation of a... <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. Exactly. <laughs> it's like when you're watching a CGI movie and you pause it and you can see the CGI characters are like... Everything else has a bit of a blur to it. The CGI is perfectly still. Okay. It's very uncanny valley. Yeah. Pretty much. So then you would... Making my in-character pop culture reference. Exactly, yeah. It took me a second. I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) So as you approach, you would see in all of these little mini portable hole pocket dimension things a different item of obviously fairly significant value. Um, everything from a which you've read about in books and everything, uh, everything from what you picture, uh, what you've seen is a very, very iconic uh, item, the bag of holding, uh, all the way to strange vials and potions with different liquids in them, uh, scrolls of every variety, a cube that a perfectly um, cube cube um, made of just pure energy. Uh, as well as a strange mirror that has a glow about it. There's all sorts of crazy items here. Uh, all I'm intrigued, by, I'm, I'm intrigued by the Energon. Yeah. Okay, would you ask about everything that you're seeing? Would you reach I, out? I what mean, would you do? Even though I know I can't afford any of it, you know, window shopping is not something I would be opposed to, and I would just, you know, I would, I would ask what the cube of energy is just because, you know, it's something that I can somewhat associate with that doesn't quite fit here in my in my mind. You know, I see I see that, and I'm like, "What is that?" Okay, he would, in a very monotone type voice, reply that um, this cube uh, this cube has 36 charges to it. When you use it the different faces cause new effects to occur by pressing the different faces. They are varying in nature. I do not know what they would do. It would be up to you to experiment and find out. Oh, he said the word experiment. Uh, <laughs> even though I know I can't, I just like, quanto cuesta? <laughs> uh, the measly sum of 5,000 gold pieces. And I'll just be like, I'm going to have to save my allowance. <laughs> Would you try to make any kind of contact with him? Ask him when he's coming back or anything like that? Um, I would ask how often he comes around. He would uh, say, time is not something that I understand fully, but I will make you a deal. And he will pull out a little gem-looking 
thing. Uh, not a, a gem as in like a stone, but more like a ball of glass, almost. Not quite a marble as it's not circular. Uh, it's more uh, oblong in shape. Crush this... Uh, what did I want to call it? I don't even remember. Crush this bead and it will tell me that you are ready to make a purchase. This will be a one-time use item, so please use it only once you actually have the funds to do business. Can I hug him? I do not do well with physical contact. I do not know where or when you came from. I'll just look over my shoulders, see if there's anyone around. Is there? Is there anyone around? Yes, this is a cultural festival. Everybody is around. Everyone's around. I'll, I'll just I'll just give him that 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 come closer. <laughs> okay, he leans. I'm from a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Oh my! <laughs> then it seems we do have something in common after all. <laughs> and I will thank him for the bead and let him know that he will most as long as I survive he will most assuredly hear from me in the future (laughs) okay let's see Uh, Mike what was your rolls Uh, 13 and a 19 Uh, oh uh, 13 19 yeah okay Uh, with the 13 uh, as you see your friend um, uh, talking to this very very overly human individual um, the most human human you've ever seen what's that is, is it that obvious, or, or is this something that we'd have to, like, make a perception check on? No, this is a very, very obvious. I mean, the face is perfectly symmetrical. It, it looks... Like, almost looks like a mannequin? Exactly, yeah. Okay. Um, so, as you see your friend talking to that, you hear the most chill pan flute music you have ever heard coming from this satyr that is standing... Uh, on around this like tree kind of nice lush green area um, and there's a bunch of children just sitting there uh, listening to it and would you approach any closer to hear this song um, you said it's pretty good like it's it's some of the best pan flute music ever yes uh, if, if you were a pan flute uh, enthusiast you would definitely be signing up for that CD oh. <clears throat> This is, like, authentic. This would be like, you know, going down to Mexico to hear a, a mariachi band. It's, like, the real let's, thing. Let's see how interested I am in the end of pan fluting here. I am 8% interested in pan flutes. Okay. So, uh, probably not so interested, but I feel like if it's that good, uh, it might turn me around. So, I, I won't, like, go right up to the guy, but I'll stay within, you know, a good earshot and continue to listen for a little while. Okay, after... We'll do 1D, 1D6 plus one round. So <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, give him, I'll give him 30 seconds of my time before I, I make another decision. Okay, well, after getting up to where you can kind of see what's going on, um, the song would slowly die down, and, and the satyr would say, All right, little children, it is time for me to take a little bit of a break. I think I see a wee bit of business that I could be doing. There appears to be a a well-traveled gnome right behind you. So, shoo, shoo, children, I I believe I have somebody I need to talk to. I'm going to look behind me. (laughs) Like... Who's he talking about? <laughs> he he is would. There a, is there another gnome behind me, my kid? <laughs> there, there is, but far enough back that they definitely aren't including the, in this conversation. So I turn he, back around with kind of like surprising look, you know. I'll do that. 
Here's that Harrison Ford kind of lip curl smile, like. <laughs> point to myself. <laughs> okay, yeah, he would clop up to you and say, "I was just admiring that hat. The little bit of uh, probability, uh, or I guess probability wouldn't be a word that an Irish satyr would use." So, a little bit of the luck manipulation, that is definitely something that I am very, very familiar with. Uh, I believe that we could do a little bit of business. Well, the hat's not for sale. No, 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 no. The hat is what drew me to you. You see, luck is one of those things that we of the Fae very, very much value, and you seem to be a very, very lucky individual. Hmm. I see. I'll have a quick moment where I'll think back to the loss of the students and getting uh, getting more or less separated from my fiance. Um, kind of a, kind of a smart ass. Yeah, luck's really my thing. Yeah. <laughs> he he would definitely chuckle a little bit, cackle almost. Um, not necessarily picking up on the sarcasm, but telling that there was something there and some social grace that he was supposed to meet. So he would say, but see, I can also tell that. You appear to be a little bit down on your luck, let's say. Uh, you by no means look poor or anything, but but I can tell that that because you are down here and not in the balconies up above, that you are definitely one of the common men. So I, I will not ask you for coin. No, no, the Fae have no need for coin. We deal in favors. Hmm. Sounds interesting. What kind of favors? Well, the favor will be decided upon depending on what the item that you seek is. We have items of all kind here, some that will make you shoot an arrow with such force that it will pierce through the trunk of any tree, a cloak that will make you virtually invisible, boots that make you completely silent. You could even have a pair of... uh, You could even have a ring that will let you control animals around you. There's even... I can have... I can help you make a deal with one of the Fae that will give you powers beyond imagination. You name it, we have it. How much do I know about Fae and how how good or bad of an idea it is to really get involved with them? You would know that the Fae don't lie. They cannot tell a lie, but that does not mean that what they are saying is true. We've learned that you can tell the truth and still be misleading. Exactly. The Fae are very, very tricky with their words, but they will never lie. So what you're saying is you want me to go find something for you, and then when I bring it back, we'll figure something out? Or you want to give me something and then tell me what you want for it? Well, it would be a geas of sorts. You you would... I would give you the item that you seek, or the favor, or the... the I would give you what you seek, and then you just have to do something for me. Hmm. Scratching the chin and just kind of thinking, oh, I could... I could use some new stuff, but God knows what this guy's going to want me to do about it later. I don't know. Uh, what what kind of stuff are you talking about? You mentioned some boots. Like, what would I have to do for some boots? I can't tell you how many times I've been walking into dungeon or in an archaeological <laughs> dig and accidentally made enough noise to summon or to attract the attention of some zombie-ass guy with a giant axe. That like, was just the other day, as a matter of fact. Oh, these these boots are of exquisite elven make. They don't make a single sound when you tread upon the ground. It doesn't matter what you're walking on. It could you could walk across broken glass and it wouldn't even crackle. That's definitely interesting. All it would take is one singular favor. As a matter of fact, I I am 
generous, very, very generous to you. I will even, I will even tell you what the favor is before we agree. I would appreciate that. All I want is one of your true names. Your name freely given of your own mouth. Just one, just one of your names. If I overhear this, I'll just, I'll just yell, shut up, Chauncey. <laughs> That's actually one of the options in this uh, merchant sheet. I absolutely love it. It's the traders and merchants. Uh, it's fantastic. Uh, my true name, huh? Let's see here. Uh, tons of archaeological experience, but what would be the use of a person wanting my true name? Oh, God. Bob, this hurts. Yeah, I know, right? If you want to roll an Arcana or a History check, you're welcome to. I, I want to make it. I want to make... Well, they're both the same stat, so... Uh, <laughs> two. I got a two, so that's an eight. So, um, how would you gauge that as far as my knowledge of what, whether it's a good idea or a bad idea to give someone your true name? Uh, which of those... Uh, faculties would you have been assessing? Would you be thinking more of it in magical terms or more of it in stories of the past terms? Knowing that the Fae are, are kind of a, a, a magical race, I would probably have gone with Arcan. Okay, you would know uh, with an eight, you wouldn't know the specifics, but you would know that m- names are extremely magically potent um, and that uh, many wizards go by single names that like describe themselves or uh, something like that and very few very powerful wizards you even know the names of so knowing this is it a, is there a chance that I could derive from this that giving out my name would actually be bad it's definitely frowned upon oh this is right in my wheelhouse are, are you present enough to, to hear and to get involved roll me a Am perception check enough? Clyde Oh, I was standing by the door. You see, two seconds, and, and this is this is an example. Like Mike knows that absolutely not. I'm not going to give out my name, but Barnaby's just kind of like I'm going to let the skills decide. <laughs> that is a twelve. Um, that is just enough. Yep. So he would have been just loud enough that you would have heard not maybe not necessarily the whole thing, but you would have heard true name at least spoken. I'll, I'll, I'll walk up to him and be like. All right, this is some Dresden shit right here, Barnaby. Uh, I just tilt my head. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> here's the deal. Your name spoken from your lips has power, but it only has real power if you speak your full name directly to him as you would say it normally. Ah. So, throw a quick glance at the satyr. And I would say, as part of fair dealings, you could give him just your first name, just your last name, or just your title, as long as you speak it properly, that will still fulfill the requirements of the deal without giving him absolute power over you. See, now, so if later on I accidentally say my the other components of my name, is that going to be bad for me? If he or someone he knows hears you say them, and, they can, and, and he can repeat it properly, then it could potentially be bad. But him just knowing your, you know, you just saying your first name to him isn't going to cause you long-term detrimental effects. So the real kicker is if he manages to get a hold of your, you know, every other aspect of your name as you would speak it when referring to yourself, then that could be a problem. Hmm. And you are willing to give me these boots for just one of my names? Yes, that's all I require is just one. I'm out. I only have one name. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, well, yeah. Um, again, the dice aside, Barnaby has decided that it is a good opportunity. <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing this. Uh, he's like, all right, so here's the thing. My name, Barnaby. And as you say it, you he, he takes the name in and he repeats it back to you so exact that you can't tell if you said it a second time or if that was him talking. Holy crap! Yeah, it, it would raise raise hairs on the back of your neck a little bit. Yeah, but don't worry. All of a sudden, I just now like this. I have a bad feeling about this. Don't worry about it so much. Is it just guard the rest of your name from him carefully? Uh huh. Sure. That's, I was like, look, I've seen this happen before. Uh huh. He'll probably show up again asking for more of your names with more ever enticing guilts. You just have to know what your limits are. Hmm. Well, I think I'm reaching my limit right now. <laughs> okay, well, he. Like, that is, and, and even though my wisdom is not great, I'll be like, that's a very wise decision. <laughs> and after he says your name, he would pull out his flute, play a quick seven, eight note deal, and all of a sudden, the tree, the greenscape behind you, out of the ground, opens up a hole, and boots rise from it. And they look absolutely like like what you would picture ancient elven boots to look like. Like, almost like the forest green of leaves and, and the supple leather, and it's they are exquisite. And they fit exactly to your feet, oddly enough. Ooh, they go well with your eyes. Yes, yeah, so you have boots of elven kind. Well, I hope that was worth it. <laughs> so I'll pat him on the shoulder and be like, it'll be all right. Yes. So I, I'm like, I, 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 I know how these things... I don't know much about this world, but this I do know. Yes. So then those boots of uh, Elvenkind give you uh, advantage on dexterity stealth checks that rely on moving silently. And uh, while you wear these boots, your steps make no sound regardless of the surface you are moving across. Oh, awesome. Well, that will come in handy. Yeah. Given my role in the party. Yeah. Um, All right. And then uh, after that, he says, Okay, now that business has concluded, I can tell your other friend isn't going to fall for any of my fav- any of my dealings. So I will go ahead and just return to the children unless there's anything else I can interest you in. What, what, do, you, what do you mean fall for? Nothing. I'm going to look up a client like, Seriously, dude, what did I just get myself into? Fate trickery and nothing more. He's trying to get your goat. And I will say, get he your is a goat. goat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He he would definitely. I was like, go 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 play with your kids, Phil. <laughs> he he wow. dances off with a chuckle. Does, does he know a guy named Daskalos? <laughs> you can't ask that kind of thing. That's rude. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. So then, after you guys get uh, further down the end of this, you're talking to each other about all the crazy things that you've seen and experienced, and the actual festival takes place. It gets kind of towards the end of the festival time. And uh, everybody is picking up for the night. And as you're walking back, you notice that there's a, a individual in very exquisite black plate mail. And he's just kind of standing there in front of a door that you don't remember being there before. And it looks very odd because while this building is a brick, um, the door that he is standing in front of 
is all black brick. Like, in, instead of the kind of tan red color that you would expect from kind of a uh, medieval-esque uh, type town, this is very um, black, uniform-shaped brick. Would you guys approach him at all? He's the only person not doing anything. All the other stand-type uh, stand merchants would have already packed up or be basically getting ready to leave for the night since the festival is over. Um... As we're coming up to him, I'll just look over at Barnaby and I'll just be like, none shall pass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to love this, not getting any of these references. Like, taking them super literal. Like, well, yeah, I imagine. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's a big guy in plate mail. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, uh... The only thing that would make it worse is if he had a giant <laughs> snake, a python or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that's great! As, as we get, as we get in as we get maybe in a year shot of him, I was like, "What are you gonna do? Bleed on me?" <laughs> he would say, "Well, if I were to bleed on you, it would probably burn." What is Whoa. what in town today? Holy cow! It's just, uh, it's just tone down the aggression factor. It was uh, I was I was having a bit of carousing jest with my friend here. No, I I didn't mean to sound aggressive at all. I was speaking literally. It would likely burn you if my blood were to touch you. I see that you are festival. He, he would totally just interrupt any any question that you guys try to pose to him about that that statement. He would just continue <laughs> on to his sales pitch. Um, he would say, "So, I see that you are festival goers, but you don't seem to be carrying much in the way of souvenirs." I could help you acquire, I don't know, damn near anything. Yeah, well, I've already given away one of my names, so I'm out. No, no, I, I require no names. Uh, just an inconsequential favor. Mm-hmm. In, in, inconsequential favor, so it's an inconsequential item. No, no, these items are of exquisite value. Uh, take this armor... Uh, for example, this armor will withstand the fire of even dragons. No, thank you. I'm not proficient in heavy armor. There is literally nothing I can't get... Well, I take that back. There are a few divine items that I can't get my hands on, but I am one hell of a merchant, and there's nothing that I can't get my hands on. I'm just gonna look up at Klein. Wait, like, I'm, I'm just... Dude, I'm falling for the pitch again. No, I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm like... Thinking, thinking. I've, I've, I've got a challenge for you, then, good sir. Ooh. Okay. What if it helps sell the item? I would be more than happy. I'm looking for a very particular item. Particular, I can do. I'm not sure if it even exists. Hmm. I'm looking for a penguin that resurrects itself on death. <laughs> oh God. Um. <sighs> Well, there is an asterisk here that says any desired object. So, I don't know if I can necessarily get you a real live penguin, but I do believe that I could get my hands on a figurine of wondrous power in the shape of a penguin. Um, I'll have to think about that. That, that, that may be an acceptable substitute. Possibly. Let me look up figurine of wondrous power and see what I can. Uh, uh, I was actually just doing the same thing. Yeah, I want to see what all powers are available so that we can get one that's that's similar esque. 
I got a 17 on my nature check, I do know what a pink one is. <laughs> <laughs> you would have probably because seen... If I failed that bowl, like, literally, Barnaby would just be sitting there just kind of like, uh-huh, mm-hmm, yeah, oh, oh, yeah, the pink one, yeah. It- yeah, there is an animals merchant in this list, and it does have exotic animals. Penguin wasn't listed, but I'm assuming that it could be one that would be added in. So I was just thinking, perhaps we could uh, uh, reflavor the, the silver raven. Yeah, I was thinking either the raven or the owl, but um, the because the raven has the penguin uh, has animal messenger on it, and I can't imagine your um, penguin taking flight to uh, go do the the bidding of you. But um, we could definitely uh, mix the two if you wanted and have the penguin for 12 hours that can communicate telep- telepathically with you. Let's, 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 let's go with that. I, I, I'm curious just to see what this, this, this would cost me. Let's look at him like, all right, look. Let's look at Barnaby. Sorry. I have a thing for penguins. <laughs> uh, pick it up. He says, well, this, this will only cost you two inconsequential favors. See, your emphasis on inconsequential leads me to believe that they might be more trouble than they're worth. No, no, not not at all. There's, uh, let's see here. There is, uh, this bag, and he pulls a bag out of somewhere in that armor. You have no idea where. He just kind of, like, reached his hand behind his back, and you see a bag that's slightly twitching and moving, and he says... Just take this over to the uh, local mill and just set it right outside of the mill, and uh, an associate of mine will come pick it up uh, later on. And then there's... Uh, Question. Why doesn't your associate just come pick it up from you here? He doesn't like crowds at all. Uh, He's a very shy man, and as you know, the mills are on the other side of the uh, castle gate, of uh, the uh, walls, so he wouldn't it, it's much easier just for him to not even have to come into the city itself and the the, the other thing that, uh, the other favor that I would ask you is, is very inconsequential as well, you see there is a priest um, at the temple that I have proof of uh, practicing dark and evil magics. Uh, All I need you to do is to take this scroll to the temple and hand it to the head priest there. Uh, (coughs) Do these two favors for me, and I would be more than happy to part with this figurine of power. And once again, he puts his hand kind of behind his back, and then this he pulls out a figurine of uh, granite, uh, well, not of obsidian, that uh, is in the shape of a penguin. What the what? How did this dude the penguin? <laughs> and we're even going to say that it's a chibi penguin, not even one of those like realistic ones. It's like totally yes. animated out. Please tell me, please tell me it's wearing a little helmet holding a sword in its flipper. Oh god. He says, oh, uh, that's the other one. And he puts it behind his back and grabs one that does have that um, in it. I'll just grab the bag of the scroll and just start walking. <laughs> okay, I guess we're doing this. Okay, you. he waves goodbye, and uh, Barnaby, you see as he opens the door behind him, uh, you see flames behind that door, and he steps inside, closes the door, and the door disappears. That is not cool. <laughs> this penguin is amazing! Did you just sell your soul for a penguin? I don't have a soul. 
Okay. I thought everybody got As you... Yeah, as you guys... explain later. Exactly. As you guys are walking out of this area, um, you see, uh, right as you're leaving, a man, uh, uh, Klein, you would recognize this as a 1940s-esque smoker jacket with the um, the fancy tie up front, the ruffles and all that kind of stuff. Not necessarily, you know, the full ruffle neck like what you'd see in England, but definitely he's got an ascot and all that kind of stuff way up there with the uh, uh, smoker's jacket on. And he's looking around and he keeps smacking this cylindrical advice, cylindrical device that has a glass panel on the front of it. Um, and he's looking around, he's like, I can't see a damned thing in here. Bloody torch! And he just keeps smacking this thing. If I may. Yes. Of all the alleys and all the towns needed to walk into mine. <laughs> that is fantastic. Uh, he, he eventually pulls out a full-on um, like messenger bag, uh, courier boy type messenger bag, and puts the torch in there and um, begins rifling in his pocket for a book of matches and strikes a match and pulls out a candle and lights the candle. He shakes the match out, you know, throws it on the ground and grinds it out. Barnaby, you have no idea what he just did. He pulled out a stick and flicked it on this box and poof, stuff came on. Light came out. And it's like, having trouble with your flashlight there, mister? This bloody torch is always going out whenever I jump too far back. Uh, I need to get a new one. When am I? Well, I... I'll explain oh, later, Barnaby. Did I catch that? When am I? Yes. Okay. I was like, I can't tell you when. I can maybe give you an idea as to where, and I have no idea how. All right. He would then look at his watch, and it's an actual wrist wrist watch. And he'd say, "Damned thing, never is accurate." Uh, I I'm I am in a port city of some variety. Uh, correct. Indeed, this is. Un- unironically, this, this is unironically Port City. Oh, wonderful. I, I, I think the problem is, is I've got too much from this far back. I can't get get back to where to when I'm going. Uh, it, it, I, I can't just part with any of it. Uh, coin, uh, let's, transaction, selling. You, you look like men who have have uh, I, that figurine is is very glorious, and your wriggling bag there, I can tell, looks expensive. Uh, uh, y- you could possibly barter for some of this goods and uh, uh, help me get back, right? Potentially, maybe. I mean, I don't actually own any of this that isn't the penguin. <sighs> Uh, what is the currency here? Uh, the metal, precious metals. Uh, gold, I believe, is... Okay, gold, yes. Ah, let's see. I have got... Uh, damn, you saw me knock this inefficient torch. Ah, ah, my... Ah, and he rummages into his bag, and he pulls out a calculator. And Barnaby, all you're seeing with this is a flat, like metal-looking deal that's got these buttons and numbers on it and a, a piece of glass at the top, and you see zero at the very top. Uh, uh, it, wait, I'll just, I'll just, like, excuse me, does, does that calculator actually work? Oh, yes, 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 and in any uh, uh, types... Can I borrow it for about, can I borrow it for about two seconds? Uh, sure. I'll, I'll just take it. <laughs> I know what's gonna happen. <laughs> Me too. Zero, zero, eight... 
the Barnaby and turn it upside down. Hmm. I will read it and giggle. <laughs> like, um, okay, well, that, that's cool, but how the hell'd you do that? <laughs> <laughs> it. It. I could. Thank you, sir. I'm pulling out freaking textbooks and like flipping through. I've never seen anything like that. That torch. The, the what is it? Someone knows my name. This is a tent. This day is getting worse. <laughs> um, where did you find that thing? Was like, can I ask when you are from? I'm from everywhere. Uh, it's, it's hard to explain. What does that even mean? <laughs> it's it's very it's very hard to explain. Let's just let's just say that I have been everywhere and everywhere that you can imagine, and even sometimes I have met myself that told me not to go to other times that I obviously had been to if I told myself not to go there. It's a mess, but I am trying to get back to the late 20th century so I can get some decent batteries for the standable torch. I was like, like, where did you park your TARDIS? Tar- no, no, no. I, uh, oh, that never gets old. I know the accent. Uh, but no, no, it, it's much simpler than that. All I have to do is walk through a door. And when I walk through the door, I just imagine where I'm coming out at. And I come back at that time. But I, I, I don't know what went wrong here. I think I have too much from the wrong time period. I need to get rid of some of it. Well, okay. What, what time periods do you have from? Well, this calculator is really the only thing I can part with. These energy cells are too dangerous in the hands of, of anybody else at this point. And my watch, I couldn't bear to part with it. If you want the torch, but then that defeats the purpose of going back. Uh, I've got grenades, but that I don't think would be... <laughs> grenades? Uh, we uh, Yes, and he pulls out... Let me see... He pulls out three fragmentation grenades, classic World War II style fragmentation grenades. Put those back. Thank you, sir. Oh, yeah, um, yes. Why do you have grenades? I stopped by uh, in the middle of uh, Berlin, right at the middle of this entire event. Uh, it was, it, I'm sure you know all about it. It was a mess. Yes, and you just. Is there, some I have to interrupt real quick. Is there like a bench nearby? Because we're up, we're kind of like out in the, the public court, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Is there? There's a bench. Yeah. I'm gonna waddle over to it. I'm gonna hop <laughs> up on it and just sit with my head, my hands, and my hands. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> anyway, we're, we're talking later, you and I. Is what's gonna happen. <laughs> what's the living hell? And he keeps pulling out of his back. <laughs> Exactly, and Mike, it gets worse and worse. He pulls out this rifle that uh, it looks like you've seen you've seen guns before, uh, musket rifles, and even some a little bit more advanced than that. But um, he pulls out this very sleek-looking rifle. Uh, uh, you would recognize it, Micah, coming straight out of Halo or Mass Effect or any of those. Um, he's like, no, this laser rifle, I can't get rid of it either. Uh, you, you wouldn't be able to charge it without the energy cells, and I need those cells. Um, oh my God. laser. Yeah. And I've got this, and he pulls out almost a Barnaby, what you can only think of as kind of a wand. And he said, oh, and my acoustic screwdriver here, I uh, I need this as well because some of these damn doors are locked. And you, I'm just, I'm just now, just, as he pulls out, I'm just like, you sure you don't need your TARDIS? Uh, yes, that is, oh, oh, yeah, no, misconception, I met the creator, uh, he's a wonderful man, and I, I, I think I may have 
I, I, some paradoxically inspired it. Uh, any, anywho, uh, the only thing I can really part with is either uh, this calculator, or I, I would be willing to part with one of these energy cells, but just one. I mean, the calculator is its a nice trinket, but, I mean, if I tried to explain it, I mean, I'm sure you would actually fully understand when, when, when I talk about being from a, uh, a place that existed before it was thought of. Um, but, uh, so the, the calculator doesn't do me a whole lot of good other than you'll give me a <laughs> chuckle every now and then. Oh, but it's solar-powered. It will never die. I'm... Uh, it's like... <laughs> believe me, stars die. <laughs> You're talking to someone who was solar power once. <laughs> but that is very confusing. I'm sure I'll hear about it in a later time. What? I can tell you exactly when you can go to hear about it. Oh, yes, let me... And he pulls out a uh, uh, ballpoint pen. Uh, twisty bottom, not clicky top. And uh, he... Yeah, and he uh, uh, scribbles down, and, and it's a spiral notebook, um, one of those flip-style ones, and Barnaby, that has got your attention, because that yeah. looks like something that's handy. Yeah. Like, I bet, I bet someone... But, but I'm so traumatized right now, anyway. Like, I'm <laughs> like, Barnaby. that's really... How many names did I have to give you for that? <laughs> oh, names, Barnaby, no. I'm pretty sure we can get someone from the Tinker's Guild to make one of those for you. Oh, yeah? He pipes up and he says, yes, it'll happen about three months. See? Even he knows. Okay. You are not... uh, And and he would also... He would mumble off. uh, They got the name wrong, Barnaby. Uh, They called you Bartleby is uh, the name that they accredited to it. Uh, It'll get corrected late in the 23rd uh, millennia. Wow. That's why... Wow. That explains a lot. Yeah, because that's where I'm trying to go back to as a waypoint to get back to the late ninth, uh, late twentieth, or uh, late nineteenth century. Why don't you go straight to the nineteenth century? Nah, we just. I, I'm going to try to. Yes, yeah, so see, I'm going to try to, but when I step through this one, I'll make another miscalculation, end up there, and then I will finally make my way back. It's only a matter of time. Okay, so as much as I like your calculator, it doesn't do me a whole lot of good. Because mental math is it's when you've been alive for three hundred thousand years, it it, it, it kind of comes naturally to you. I'm giving out more information than I really should right now. You're you're flustering me a little bit, good sir. I really like you, but at the same time, I'm trying to keep certain things about my aspect secret, and you are making it very difficult. Oh yes, I I understand. I I can only imagine. I can't. No. No, you can't. <laughs> you can barely you can barely grasp the concept of a flip notebook. <laughs> he will, though, given three months. Indeed. So, I think we can agree that the calculator is a last... I mean, if it helps you out that much, I would maybe be willing to take it off your hands. But these energy cells... Yeah, they won't do you a whole lot of good without the laser rifle to go with them, but... Eh, I can part with it. <clears throat> um, I'm just trying to think, trying to think what I have in my pack. Uh, mm, Bar- Bar- Barnaby, uh-huh. which intrigues, which intrigues you more, an energy cell or a laser rifle that we don't have? What is a laser? <laughs> <laughs> 
like, maybe if I saw what it did, like... Oh, you want to see? No, I don't <laughs> think this is the oh, proper oh. For, a, for a demonstration. That's true. I get in trouble for that when I go to the next destination. <laughs> I'll just tell... I'll just tell Barnaby, um, think of Scorching Ray, but can be used by people who don't know magic. Oh. That's not one of my preparable spells. So it's like a wand. It's, oh. it's like a wand, but it only does the one, it only does, I mean, wands only do the one thing. I thought. Um, yeah, it's a little bit clunkier than a wand, but uh, probably but, a little bit more potent. But I can shoot you from over two miles away. That he could. That's way better than any wand I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but at the same time, I, there's there's no need for shooting people around here that I'm aware of yet. Um, what, what, well, what do you, what and do you... honestly, I do most of my work in the confines of a tomb or a cave. Or... <sighs> you got to get yourself one of these torches. Um, torches? What torch? It's, uh, okay. I know you're talking <laughs> about the flashlight. But yeah. I'm like, it looks like... Torch? It's... it's um, so it, 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 it's a portable light that uses uh, lightning to power it. Light? Very, very tiny lightning. I like this guy. We should hang out more often. <laughs> <laughs> Although my head is still really spinning from all this crazy stuff you guys are talking. I'll just wait um, until you start doing the time travel. Now that's the thing i got to bring up. I've spent my entire life devoted to like researching the past and figuring out what has happened. You're telling me I could have been figuring out what happens next all this time? Uh, no, wrong. No, you did try that in one alternate timeline, and you ended up getting thrown into jail and tortured. It's not a good idea. Stay on the path you're on. Um, what? Are, are you going to explain the concept of time to him, or should I? Uh, eventually, probably not in your lifetime, at least not that I know, there's a comic book series that will explain the multiverse in a terrible way and well no <laughs> anyway don't don't worry about it you'll find out about it later on probably okay oh uh so so um or, or do you want the the, the 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 magic number box um well i don't even know what else you can do with it you can do math with it. Yes, the the I notes here says type of silly things. Yeah, the oh. notes here literally says performs mathematical functions. <laughs> That's kind of neat. I don't know. Or, or or would you rather get an energy cell and see if we can't retrofit it to power something that isn't uh, two miles scorching ray? With enough physical trauma, one of these could probably explode and level a pretty decent area. My eyes widen for just a second. Like, no, I can't. Once again, I do most of my work in really <clears throat> unstable areas. <laughs> unstable, that's something I know a lot about. The problem with the magic number box is because you spend so much time in the dark, well, you would be in the dark. I see. Well, I'll cut you a deal, because I really, time is not on my side. I will actually be leaving in approximately 55 seconds. Um, but uh, uh, th these energy cells, I would be more than happy to part with for about 15 gold each. And I can't, I could give you two, but I really would feel safer just giving you one. I would really only feel safe having one. Okay. Especially since, I, especially since well, we, we don't have the, the, the Covenant rifle that they go in. 
<laughs> well, then that sounds like a deal to me. And he shakes your hand and says, I'll see you and approximately steps through the door. The door shuts behind him. Wait, wait, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> as far as I can and try to pat him on the shoulder, but I really just kind of get his elbow. Yeah. You, you, you uh, Klein, you would have kind of st- started a, a little bit of a countdown in your head. And you're pretty sure it was 54 seconds that he left, not five, but that's cutting it too close. <laughs> Liar! <laughs> After that, do you guys then go do your deeds of dropping the wriggling bag by the mill and uh, what was that other one that I had to do? Um, uh, oh. Scroll for the priest. Yep. Uh, do you guys do that before returning to the um, temple? Or before returning to the Mage's Guild? I, I feel like I don't want to take the scroll and the wriggling back into the pages guild. Yeah. Okay. So then, the trip while we do that, like the entire way, I'm just asking. Okay, what's a rifle? Okay, what's this? What is that? What was the time travel? How do you time travel? I'm just like, like literally like he you? can't even get a, an answer out, and I'm like, okay, but what about that? But he said this. What about just like the whole time, just like chewing his ear off the whole way. Yeah, and you would have a rudimentary understanding of this because the portal system does take you to different times as well as places, so you would know that this happens, but not as freeform as what this guy was doing. You've only ever seen time jumps happen, you know, going through the portal. Like, doors, that's... Mm -hmm. (laughs) Blowing my mind. He clearly wasn't using a (laughs) portal. Yeah, and you would have seen him pulled out that uh, screwdriver wand-looking device uh, and poke it into the door lock uh, before he opened it and locked through. Was it wood? Okay. Anywho. Yeah. <laughs> do I do drop off? Uh, part of me really is like poking the bag as we walk. <laughs> you would hear the occasional screech, uh, screeching, squeaking type noise, and that would be it. Like a rat? Uh, do you want to open the bag and find out? Wish I had a torch. Wait a second. I can tell if there's. I can. I can. I can see in the bag without opening the bag, Bob. Oh, you can. Uh, one of the uh, one of the racial features of the locust is heat vision. Oh my gosh! Yes, you would see. Um, let's go with. Uh, it doesn't get specified number, but um, let's go with. You see thirteen very large-looking rats. Uh, they're all kind of. On top of each other, you know, in a big rat ball. So there isn't really a way to to tell a exact size, but they are all very large-looking rats. Rats. Why did it have to be rats? That's exactly what I would have said. <laughs> kind of skitter away, like it's a bag of rats. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you absolutely would have said that. Of course. Why wouldn't you have said that? Okay, so do you do you guys take it to the mill and leave it there? Bring it, Indiana gnomes. Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm not from Indiana. I'm from here. How do you even know what Indiana is? I'm assuming it's a place. <clears throat> I was right. Yes, you're actually correct. All right, you set the. Nice there. Although, if you ask someone from there, they'd say it's more of a state of mind. <laughs> state of mind. Oh god! I mean, if you like farms, I like agriculture. 
and basketball. <laughs> uh, my eyebrow lift like basketball and automobile racing. Okay, you're losing me again. Like as we're walking, I was like, "How would you? How would you like to go faster than you could possibly walk um, without magic? That'd be neat. Without like, a horse. Without a horse. Without magic. Am I falling? <laughs> no. In, in a in a you know, on 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 ground." You sit yeah. in a little seat. You sit in a, uh-huh. you sit in a nice, comfortable seat, and you can control where you go at speeds. Well, depending on the surface and the automobile in question, approaching you know the uh, two hundred and fifty three hundred miles an hour. So you mean kind of like a horse and buggy? Um, <clears throat> only without the horse. Only without the horse. So it's a buggy that's been enchanted to go fast. <laughs> no, there's no magic involved. Oh. Ask the tinkers about internal combustion engines. Technology. We're talking about technology. Technology. Huh. I'm going to learn so much from you. (laughs) Let's 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 not actually actually on second that let's not get the tinkers interested in internal combustion engines. Probably a good idea. So then, do you guys just set the bag down and walk away, continuing your extremely confusing talk to any peasant that happens to be nearby? Yeah, I mean that's what we were told to do, and I'm not about to argue with a, a a man in gleaming black plate who walks into the fires of hell. Okay, do you look back at the bag after you leave before you get out of eyesight? I'd rather not. I feel like I feel like the worst thing that like I've seen enough I've, I've seen enough movies to know that you never look back. I think that I'm curious enough to to not adhere to that philosophy. All right. Peek over my shoulder ever so often. Right before you get out of eyesight, uh, crossing back into the city um, from where the mill was just outside the city gates, um, you see that the uh, bag poofs into black smoke and all of these very nasty looking rats scurry into the mill itself. Aww. Did anyone see us put the bag down? What was that, Mike? I just, uh, I'm going, dude. Dude, dude, just smacking him on the hip like. like uh. And I'm just like startled that he's using the word dude. <laughs> I it up from you somewhere. <laughs> like dude, dude, dude. If anything, I feel like I could have picked it up from you from quoting Lebowski or any surfer movie. <laughs> That's awesome. And I'm, just, I'm just like. I hope no one starts put that back down. All right, then. Do you continue on to the uh, temple? A crime, basically. Yeah. In you... defense, it was for an awesome penguin. Oh, I'm sure, the judge will take that into consideration. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> much. If I were the judge, I would definitely take it into consideration. So then, do you guys continue straight to the temple, or do you do any kind of side anything? Um. After seeing that, I will take a. I will head towards the temple, but I will uh, not take the most direct route. Okay. Yeah, you're able to weave through the streets. Uh, It's getting to be late uh, in the evening. Uh, You know that the uh, 10 o'clock bells will be chiming very soon um, as you get close to the temple. All right. um, As we get to the temple, I'll uh, I'll do the whole shave and a haircut snog. (laughs) Uh, As you knock on the door uh, Right as the two bits uh, Should have been uh, 
done, the doors silently swing open, and a priest uh, meets you, uh, a high priest, judging by the uh, robes, uh, greets you at the door and asks, What uh, can I do for you at this late hour? Um, part of me wants to say, part of me wants to tell him, but at the same time, I feel like that might taint the penguin. So I will just, you know, <laughs> kind of shy away as I hand up the scroll and be like, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. Okay, he he definitely sees your distress and is a little bit hesitant, but um, cracks the seal on the um, scroll and opens it up, and you see he he was already very pale of complexion, but you see him go even paler. And he said, "No, this can't be right. There is no way that the word, the word, Adenel could do this. No." This has got to be. I, I, excuse us. And 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 they shut. Wait, 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 sir. He shuts the door and hurries on in. Do you prop the door? You know, do you throw the doors open and try and stop him? I look at the door. <laughs> I look at Barnaby. And I look at my penguin. And I look at Barnaby. And I look at the door. <laughs> and I look at the penguin. He just goes. Penguin, penguin, as I walk away. <laughs> as soon as he says Adnel, I'm talking about the word. Yeah. Um, what what type of a check would you... I mean, I'll just go ahead and roll and tell you... Religion or history? Religion, okay. Well, history being my primary, so... Nope, that's a three plus six for nine, so... Nine? You would know enough. You wouldn't know Adnel, but you would know that the word is one of the highest ranks you can achieve within the church. Oh, okay. That's like, this This guy that answered was a high priest, so he's, he's pretty far up there, but this is like the temple leader's boss. This would be like cardinal-type uh, person as in terms of like the Catholic church and whatnot. This would be like a cardinal. Okay, so not only... Have we delivered rats to go mess with the mill? But now we, we all, I don't know. Are we like interfering with the church for a penguin? Um, I like to think that if we didn't, someone else would have, and that means someone else would have an awesome penguin, and I can't stand for that. <clears throat> After you get down the steps of the temple, having clearly made your decision, you can feel that that penguin that you're holding has an unusual warmth about it. And you hear a little bit of a cackling in the back of your head. Um, Barnaby, you would hear it as well. Kind of out in the air, you hear just a very low cackle that fades into the distance. And that's and that's all that happens. And the night goes silent um, around you as the 10 o'clock bells chime. The next day, I'm gonna find someone who knows who, who can uh, remove a curse. Yeah, the well, you can. Uh, the first thing you do, even getting within the Mages Guild, is uh, since you're bringing a new magic item in, uh, they would immediately cast the identify spell on it. Same thing with your item, uh, Barnaby, and totally clean of curses. It just has a strange warmth about it, and it does the intended effect of the. Uh, we, we homebrewed the uh, item so that it's active for 12 hours and gives you telepathy, so it's a mix of the owl and the raven for the figurine. And then, of course, the Boots of Elvenkind uh, came back clean totally as well. well, that's well I, was, I, was, I wasn't worried about the Boots of Elvenkind. 
because you made a deal with a fae, and I mean, they may be devious bastards, but, you know, they're exactly what he said they would be, nothing more and nothing less, so... Yeah. Hey, you made out all right. I'm the one with the penguin that's so cursed that the curse can't be detected. Hmm. I'm not going to lie, Barnaby's a bit worried. He's concerned at being an accessory to a number of crimes. <laughs> he couldn't sleep well during the night because he kept, like, waking up, like, shouting his own name. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, that was crazy stuff. All right, then. You we would, had an adventure! Yes. You would then have been awoken by whatever creature, animal messenger, brings up uh, the scrolls to you. It could have been uh, any number of uh, familiars. Uh, summoning you down to the portal room itself as uh, you have been called to join a group of adventurers and step across the portal. As, as, as I'm walking out, I'm hoping I run into Barnaby. Because as I do, I'm going to snap my fingers like... Damn it! <laughs> uh, because of the way that this tower is built, um, and there's no way that it can house nearly as many rooms as what's in it, uh, the rooms tend to move. So, because you and Barnaby have a bit of a friendship there, uh, they would definitely be fairly close to one another. And as, as, like, like, as I run in, I was like, Damn it, Barnaby! <laughs> Come on. I'm, I'm, I'm missing out on this one. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm, I'm waiting for your response. Oh. I, like I said, I think I'm missing out. I don't know what I'm supposed no, to say. Just, just, uh, so, this uh, is just an in general. I'm just like, damn oh, it. Okay. What, what's going on? We should have gotten an otter. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I'm completely devoid of understanding. All right. It's not a reference. It's just that that, that that's like, maybe I can go find him again and get an otter. <laughs> okay. Go with the penguin. Oh my god, that is fantastic. Okay, so you've already... The things that happened for the... You want to do that again? Barnaby! Have you ever seen an... Have you ever seen an otter? Yeah, actually, I'm very familiar with it. How could you not not want a pet otter? uh, Because apparently the only way to get it is to deliver contraband to places and things. Look, 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 I, I... is a bag of rats really contraband? Uh, maybe not by definition, but definitely they're they're bad for business. That's for sure. Look, I'm just saying, the bag of rats wasn't contraband, and you don't shoot the messenger, and we were just messengers. Uh huh. <laughs> I would be willing to deliver another message and another bag of rats for an otter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alright. I, I don't know how I feel about this, but okay. <laughs> we still have talking to you about all of that craziness last week. I'm sure we'll have time. We spend we're, we're, we have extracurriculars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and on that wonderful note, we will go ahead and break here. So thank you very much guys. This was a lot of fun. We got a ton. We spent an hour and forty eight minutes recording, so <laughs> Uh, I think we got some usable material. Exactly. This will be a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Chaos Plan. We really hope that you enjoyed it. And since we are doing group games now, we are going to very quickly start getting episodes out there on a regular basis. If you want to take part, please visit Patreon, donate the $2 a month, and you can get in on this guaranteed. We already have the next batch of players getting ready to go for the next game, and we're already looking at the different DMs that are going to be taking part. 
Both Braden and Mike have committed to doing games so far. So if you want to get in on that action, please, please just join our Patreon. Thank you, and we hope to see you next game.